Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to the next installment of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your hosts, Brian and Peter. And in this episode, we're going to talk about iron and iron facts and the misconceptions surrounding iron for your horse. Also, what to look for with symptoms of iron overload and the effects of zinc and copper. And we are up to episode 14, Peter. So how are you? Brian, I'm not too bad. I don't know how we got here, all these 14 episodes. We must be doing something okay. Yeah, it's been good. And the the feedback, getting really good feedback with how helpful this information has been. And we're just trying to paint a clearer picture in horse nutrition and just separating the facts from the fiction. It's it's been a hectic week again in, in Santa HQ. There's there's a few products that we're just in the process of developing and, and trialing on, on different horses. So there's yeah, there's a few things to come um, early next year. So we'll let we'll let everyone sort of let them know as as these products sort of become available. So Brian, very interesting topic today. Iron um, is iron our friend, or, or is it our foe, or is it good, or is it bad? Yeah, well, after this podcast, hopefully we, we can make that a clear view. I hope our listeners are in a comfortable armchair with, with a beer in one hand or a whiskey in the other, <laughs> or maybe a champagne, maybe. <laughs> yeah, th- this topic gets circulated around social media a lot, like iron, have you got too, are you feeding too much? Are you rinsing your hard feed because it's got too much iron? Yeah, we're just going to go through some examples that we've had of some hay tests as well that that customers have sent in and yeah we'll kick it off with this first one so all this happened basically i think it was last week that we had a, a telephone phone call from one of our regular clients and um, she wasn't exactly 100 percent happy with with how one of the horses was was looking she's got a diet right you know everything's in order there's no overlapping there's no underlapping so she wasn't 100 percent happy and, and we got talking and and she actually i think back in 2012 or 13 actually got the pasture sent away to, to get analyzed and, and i said look please please send it through which might paint a picture for us you know why that particular horse is not is not getting the full benefits of the of the diet and she she sent the pasture analysis through and this is in southern victoria around the warnable area and what was pretty amazing was was just the amount of iron in pasture and the amount in hay as well. So what got analysed was uh, basically ryegrass. Um, there were kaikuya through it, cape weed, and a bit of onion grass. So that's that's almost as as long as the kernels, herbs, and spices. So you can see it's 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 very all over the shop. But that's how Australian pasture is. It, it's not just one type of pasture. There's there's a lot of mixes. Which, which complicates things even more. And whether you know, that sample was taken from a ridge, whether it was taken on top of a hill. So what, what I might do is I might go through just some of the, the figures that, that, um, that were tested, and then Brian will go through and just explain what that all means. So the NRC recommended average for iron at 100% is 450 milligrams. That's the safe, that's the safe barrier for, for one kilogram of pasture. The amount that came back from from the hay was almost 1,100 milligrams. So, so that was almost double. The shocking aspect was the pasture. So, the pasture came back at 4,000, um, and the recommended NRC level is 456. So, that's that's almost 10 times more. Yeah, that's that's huge, and it really goes to show how rich in iron the Australian soil conditions are. And Peter makes a good point. It does depend on where that sample's been taken, but in this example, she has taken it from the paddock and it's a good snapshot of what 
what the iron levels are in that pasture and hay. There's another fact, Brian, that I found like really amazing and, and actually more interesting more than anything was that both obviously the, the fresh pasture was sent for analysis and then obviously the hay, the hay was about three months old. So we can, you know, we can look through and, and, and put the pieces together of the puzzle that it's actually gone from 4,000 milligrams being pasture and then three months later, it's actually come down to 1,000 milligrams for the hay. So in three months, it's actually lost you know, 3,000 milligrams of, of iron, which is, you know, which is a good thing. Yeah, 100%. And what we've noticed here is the trace mineral, mineral ratio is, is the most important part. So the iron to copper to zinc to manganese ratio for a horse needs to be, or is recommended by the research to be between four to 10 times the amount of iron to one part copper to three parts zinc to three parts manganese. So when you look at her pasture, it's, the ratio is way out of whack. So it's 31 to one to four to 17. And then the hay, it actually has a, not a bad improvement. It's 13 to one to two to 14, but still that manganese level is, is way too high. It just sounds complicated, Brian. Yeah. I mean, you know, here we are talking about it. It's even doing our heads in. So, I mean, I can imagine some of our listeners out there going, well, you know, I've got this pasture and then I've got this pasture. I'm in New South Wales, I'm in Queensland. It's, it's like a can of worms. Yeah. To really simplify what we are looking at is you basically don't have to supplement iron on top of this. So any supplements that are added, have added iron or have iron levels in excess of above what like a normal feed has is not going to help the horse and not going to help the Australian conditions or suit the Australian conditions. So basically if anyone picks up a feed bag and you can see iron oxide as an ingredient, that's a product that's had iron added. That doesn't stem naturally from the raw ingredients. Um, some of our performance clients, some of our trainers, they still inject iron into, into the horses. So, so this is where we start sort of going, you know, red in the face, just going, well, look, you know, you're actually slowing the horse down and there's ample iron already in hay and pasture. So strongly, you know, we recommend not doing it. Yeah, the, the injections really alarm us. Like when you look at, consider the whole diet and the, the nutrient intake, the iron levels are really sufficient and giving that extra bit of iron, there's all these misconceptions that are being passed down. Don't know whether it's a generational thing or what some vets are being told that it might build blood, it might, might give them energy, but they've all been debunked and they're all myths. Brian, in the six years that we've been obviously running Sen, we haven't had one client or, or, or any of our sort of, um, any of our regular trainers that we work with that have actually had a horse deficient in iron. Yeah, 100%. The, the only reason you would inject iron is if you had massive amounts of blood loss, you, but then also you need other minerals and other nutrients to make blood in the horse. So giving an iron injection is just not gonna cut it in those situations because it doesn't boost red blood cell numbers. It does not correct anemia. You need more than just iron to correct anemia. And another myth that is around is it doesn't increase energy. So there's a theory that it's an energy booster, but if it's not correcting in the anemia, it's not gonna give extra energy. Well, if we purely base our, our sort of argument on you know, looking at the hay analysis, looking at the pasture analysis, you know, if a horse is grazing on, on, on pasture all day, it's gonna get at least 68 kilograms of, of pasture or hay. 
that's more than enough iron a horse needs in a diet. So we just don't understand why someone would even supplement more iron on top of the hay and pasture. Yeah, 100%. And when you look at vital minerals like zinc and copper, and they compete for absorption with iron, feeding more iron and getting it into the gut for absorption, you're shortchanging the horse with their zinc and copper levels, which ultimately leads to immune system issues, hoof health, and even bad coat and skin because they're the minerals that are needed for colour and the quality of the coat. Brian, before we scare off all our listeners who are actually supplementing iron or, or feeding iron, you know, before we lose all our listeners, let's just maybe go through and just summarise which horses um, do well on, on iron coming naturally out of hay or, or out of like our product, like the grain free for argument's sake. And then we can maybe touch on which horses are affected by iron overload and, and, and that is pretty easy to pick as well. So let's start with the first one, Brian, and just go through the horses that actually can tolerate high levels of iron and, and why, you know, why they're able to do so. Yeah, so as you can see from those hay analysis and also the pasture testing, it's hard to avoid the high amounts of iron and horses have evolved to handle this. It's, it's only certain horses that have metabolic conditions like insulin resistance that store more iron than a normal horse and then that's when they start to run into problems. So there we go again with the metabolic issues and insulin resistance. If you don't have a horse that has these issues, the iron naturally occurring in the pasture is not going to be a problem because you're going to get sufficient zinc and copper levels into them from a good supplement. But when a horse is insulin resistant, the research has shown that they do store more iron in the body, which leads to the symptoms of iron overload. So early symptoms of this is fatigue, joint pain and arthritis. And the other iron overload symptoms in horses include coat changes of bleaching and there can be also red ends on the dark manes and tails and often hoof issues result from this, um, from iron overload, particularly with laminitis and abscessing. Brian, I think basically you've summarised all the key points and all the main points out of that. I'm sure our listeners are just asking or sort of scratching their head going, okay, well, we know that iron is rampant and abundant in pretty much everything the horses touches and, and eats. So what can we do basically to, to correct maybe the you know, the minerals that might be low and, you know, what can we do as an insurance policy to make sure that our horse doesn't get iron overload? So basically horse owners can make sure that their mineral ratios are at their optimum, um, giving, given those um, values that we were giving before. So keeping to those recommended NRC trace mineral ratios and it's looking at the overall diet and balancing those to ensure that you're going to get proper zinc absorption, copper absorption and manganese while there is going to be the iron absorption but the horses that are healthy and don't have metabolic issues are able to deal with that iron. Brian, let's go into why zinc and copper are pretty much fundamental in, in, in the Australian diet. Yeah, so apart from hoof health and the skin and coat, there's pathways within the immune system of the horse that uses zinc and copper and they and if you don't have enough of this then your horse is going to be more susceptible to being sick or fatigued and which ultimately affects performance. So basically our product like the Sense CF50 or the or the grain free um, I think we've got about 900 milligrams 
per, per kilogram of zinc in the grain freen, about 300 milligrams of copper. Yep. And they're both collated zinc and copper as well, so the absorption is much better with them too. Yeah, that's the key. That's one of the key um, aspects of the, the feed is the chelated minerals, so the chelated zinc and copper. They're not relying on the com competition between other minerals for absorption. They're bound to a protein which allows them to be absorbed through the gut at a better rate. So that fed at, at around about a kilogram to two kilograms a day, that's gonna be the insurance policy that, that our listeners need. If they have got a horse that's on, that's on a pasture that's high in iron or even a hay that's high in iron. What we're trying to do with iron is there's no added iron in any of our products. It naturally occurs in the ingredients of the same CF50 and grain free, and it's at really low levels. So it's only 125 milligrams per kg, which is nothing compared to the haze in that. Where we do see issues with other fiber sources, particularly beet pulp, they've got about seven times more iron per kg. And we get these common questions from our users who use beet pulp is I have to, I'm wasting time uh, rinsing it, whereas they could easily switch to the same grain free. They've got their vitamin minerals in the right ratios plus the lower iron. Just further on to what you just said, so like if we go and work off the pasture numbers with this analysis, you've got 4,000 milligrams per kilogram of pasture, then you've got say a kilogram of beet pulp, which you mentioned at 700 milligrams. So that's, that's almost 5,000 milligrams of iron. And let's just say the horse is not getting any zinc or copper or, or just bare minimum, that ratio will be through the roof. So if it's a healthy horse, perhaps, you know, if it's young, you might not see any symptoms, but if you're gonna get a horse which has got issues prone to laminitis or, or anything like that, this is where things blow up. Yeah, you've got to double, triple check these mineral ratios. Lots of horses perform really well because they are getting these trace mineral levels and they're not deficient in any of these minerals. And we see it firsthand how they, they thrive and you can see it through their coat, their hoof quality. It even has a good effect on the immune system so they're not getting sick, which means less vet visits. Brian, how would you diagnose and, and maybe some possible treatments for iron overload in horses? So diagnosis of iron overload will be first looking at those symptoms that we've gone through. So yep, the bleached coat or the hoof quality not being 100%, but also People do blood work for this, but there's, there's really limited testing for iron and also its storage form, which is ferritin and transferrin. So the only lab in the world is the Kansas State University lab, and this has been calibrated for horses to measure the equine ferritin, which is a storage form of iron. So if you are getting blood work and you're trying to find out if, if you've got too much iron in the body of the horse is not a very good indicator in Australia because you've got circulating iron, but what that blood work doesn't show is how much iron is stored through the body. So you gotta really rely on symptoms and look at the data and the nutrient levels that you're trying to hit with your trace minerals and make sure those ratios are proper. Look, the iron is very important, you know, like too, you know, too much is no good, you know, too little iron, you know, it can also negatively impact, you know, the immune function. However, you know, iron deficiency, as I mentioned previously, is very uncommon in Australia. Oh, 100%. It's really uncommon worldwide. Like, we've got people in the UK, the soils, they're showing high iron. In America, high iron. 
which and people have been got to be mindful if you're not getting good performance or good health out of your horse it's one thing to zero down and tick off that you are not getting iron overload well today we haven't come across one horse that that has been deficient in iron yep. so that pretty much you know speaks for itself yeah so then there's no reason for those injections no reason for injections no reason for, for extra added iron supplements you know have a close look at your feed bag as i mentioned previously you know iron oxide um you know there will be ingredients iron ingredients if they are added if it's naturally stemming from the raw ingredients that's fine um, always keep an eye on the level. You know, ours is about 125. Some of the beets are 700. Um, a lot of the premix feeds are sort of 300, 400. So, so the lower the better. But the more important factor is the zinc and the copper, and the manganese probably as well. Yep. And on a side note, with like blood building supplements, nine times out of ten they're going to have that iron oxide or ferrous or a or some kind of iron supplement in it just to try and market. For you to build more blood but the problem here is if you've got the foundation of your diet right you got the right supplements you don't need that extra blood building minerals because it's going to throw throw out the foundation of your nutrient levels so after hearing all this um, and you're still confused and you're scratching your head and going well what the hell is going on we do offer a free diet analysis um, and I we'll think scratch it, our heads and wonder what's going on. Yeah, yeah, we'll go grey doing it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, but we, we see time, time and time again. We can identify the issue. We can correct it through the products that we have. They've been tried and tested. People get the turnaround in results either within two to four weeks. Every horse is different, so it's going to have a different effect every time. Most people are feeding multiple products, whether it's supplements, whether it's it's you know a copra or a beet or, or, or a commercial feed, you know, plus some grain or, or, or hay. So everyone's feeding a lot of different things. So where the free diet analysis comes in is we'll go through it all, we'll balance it all, make sure nothing's over, make sure nothing's under, we'll simplify it. But most of all, it'll save, it'll save our listeners a lot of money because you're not doubling up or tripling up. So you're actually going to be feeding most likely a lot less supplements and obviously, you know, stretching that dollar going a lot longer than you can, you know, possibly use that money for any performance sort of supplements once the sort of show season comes back and what and what so forth yeah 100 percent. so brian maybe i'll use an example just to sort of summarize what we've discussed so we do get a lot of our of our phone calls um from from sort of potential clients looking at switching over to the send feed and you know the story pretty much goes look i'm i'm, I'm on hay i've got i've got ample hay 24 7. i've got the oil which is good i'm feeding a bit of chaff uh, possibly as well i've got beet pulp basically so i can mix my powdered supplement into the beet pulp. Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeding a little bit of copper meal as well, but what I'm trying to say is that with a product like the Grain Free or the CF50, we have already the high zinc and copper. Everything's balanced. It's in, a, it's in a high fiber base with a low iron. So basically, you know, if you've got high iron in hay, you've got high iron in beet pulp, and you're feeding a powdered mineral supplement and using the beet pulp as, as the absorber or the carrier, that's just, two products that you're feeding to, to do one job. And that's where the grain-free comes in, where we've got 125 milligrams of iron compared to 700 milligrams of the beet pulp. You know, the powder is, a, is already inside the pellet, so we don't have to worry about horses you know, not licking their bowls clean, powders you know, being stuck on the side of the bin or, or, or being left at the bottom of the bin. So the wastage aspect is, is removed from that as well. And people can be rest assured that everything's balanced with the highest zinc and copper ratio in Australia. Yeah, it's a really good point, Peter. And with the powders fed on top of your beet pulp, 
if you look at that nutrient profile and then compare it to the grain-free nutrient profile, our ratios are better, the trace mineral ratios are better, and if you needed to even that up with a powder, you're gonna be feeding double to triple, so it's gonna cost you more to get the same ratio as the Sen grain-free or the Sen CF50 because of your beet pulp iron being so high to start off with. Well, Brian, look, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. Beet pulp is beet pulp. It doesn't have any added vitamins, any added minerals, any pro-prebiotics. So, you know, most people are paying $45 a bag for beet pulp, and then I have to get another product, a powdered vitamin mineral mix, to bring up the profile for the beet pulp. So why feed those two products when we have everything already in our sand grain free. Yep. So time, money. Better ratios in the sand grain free. Then if you need more calories, you've got your sand oil, but feed more roughage. Look at other better calorie sources that have lower iron or better quality protein, like cracked lupins. And Brian, because we have the high zinc and copper in our grain free in a CF50, um, Alyssa doesn't have to be worried about their, you know, their hay or their pasture being high in iron because the zinc and copper are basically the insurance policy for the high for the high iron in the pasture and the hay. Yeah. Where if you don't have the high zinc and copper, then you can get yourself in trouble. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's over time. It it might not happen straight away, but it, it's going to happen down the track. That problems can develop, and then you'll be playing catch up. And then by that time more time and more money will be needed to correct this. We sound like a broken record sometimes, but prevention is always better than cure. And I think the steps that we take now are gonna be better for the longevity of the, of the horse and the less issues they're gonna encounter when they're older. Yep, 100%. So to summarize everything, look at supplements that have no added iron. Our supplement range has no added iron. It's formulated to be safe and healthy for metabolic prone horses as well, that that are more prone to iron storage. So you're getting the best of both worlds with the low sugar, low starch, then that no grain formula is gonna suit insulin resistant and laminitic prone horses a lot better than just a run of the mill grain based feed. If, you, if in any doubt over any numbers or nutrients, um, trace mineral levels, get in contact with us. We've got that free dialysis service and we're happy to go through and help correct those ratios. And even look, even if our fallacies don't end up using our products, you know, if you are going to use another company's products, just make sure you look at the zinc and copper and that it's chelated. You know, it does cost a lot more to use chelated minerals. So, you know, we highly recommend that, you know, you look at the chelation, make sure it's there, make sure the levels are nice and high because it's just in the long run, it's better absorbed. And, and I think it's gonna be a lot more beneficial to the animal. Yep. So we hope you got something out of this and it cleared that iron, whether it's a friend or a foe, for your horse. It is, it's needed in the diet, but it's free in the hay. It's, it's in high levels, you don't need that extra supplementation. Yeah, look, there's a lot of misconception, I think, in industry. And even for us, when we were researching the topic, you know, everyone's got different opinions from different nutritionists to, to, you know, to the everyday users. So it's, it was hard for us to obviously to, to get the facts right. But now that we've got the facts right, I think it's easy. Yeah, and what we continue to do is getting that foundation right. We're seeing really good results with all our clients Australia-wide. And each horse is treated as an individual, which should be the case every single time because we're all different and they're all different according to genetics and their environment. And 
it's about helping the horse owners understand their horse better and then making the changes needed for them to thrive. So thanks again for listening. We'll have another podcast to you very soon. And if you do like all the, the podcasts, don't be afraid to comment or share with your friends. Give us some feedback. Anything you'd like to know more of, we're available on the social medias and by phone. And we'll have another podcast to you very soon. Have a great day. Thanks, Thanks. everyone. Cheers. Thanks.